Aloha, my name is Napua Hu'el. I'm reporting live from inside military-occupied Hawaii. This is episode four, part of my Napua o Hawaii podcast, where I attempt to share my perspective of the challenges and objectives of Hawaiian nationals living in Hawaii today. On this episode, I will discuss the status of my family court case. I just recently got an order to remove the court hearing I published to YouTube. Uh, This was filed by my ex's attorney, Gina Gormley, uh, in Judge Healy's courtroom, uh, ordering me to remove the court copy uh, record that I published of the hearing in which I was denied a Hawaiian language interpreter. Um, My U.S. constitutional rights were violated and I published that video truly in self-defense to fend off the speculations being made about me uh, and the slanderous erroneous criticisms of my mothering by my ex uh, who has published extensive amount of uncredible misinformation um, to which has caused me detriment in the family court system where he maintains uh, full legal and physical custody of my son. And he did that by harnessing legal counsel to paint me as a poverty-ridden sovereignty activist. So in early August of 2020, William and I, William being my son's father and my ex, had clarified a a romantic relationship to be over. At that time, it had been six months since I officially moved out from his house in Kula I was living in Haiku where I was helping my cousin renovate an old family property so he and his wife and children could take safe refuge. As many know, I've been extending humanitarian aid relief to my cousin and his family who were facing retaliations over a civil dispute about land title in Wahini Pe'e. My cousin actively challenging the land titles of Alexander and Baldwin Incorporated and Mahipono LLC for his kuleana interest in lands located in the East Maka'iwa Ahupua'a uh, which is the neighboring Ahupua'a to Honomanu, uh, the valley, and the Ahupua'a in which we've been restoring actively since 2019. In late August of 2020, William and I had a disagreement about whether or not he could take our son to attend an event where the respondent named in a restraining order I have in place against a violent and abusive family member was going to be at that same event. So I provided William with stipulated terms for my son's attendance of this, family, of this family event, which he violated. I permitted my son to attend a daytime-only event where my ex committed to make sure the respondent would not be on the property at the time my son was on the property, and I also required him to not leave my son unattended at any time. William also committed not to drinking alcohol while on the property to ensure he was not impaired at any time. William proceeded to knowingly and intentionally defy my parameters of permission and took my son to the home of the respondent and left my son unattended overnight at the home of the respondent with immediate members of family of Jesse Huel and his roommates. This violates the pre-existing protective order I have in place against Jesse Huel for myself and my son. That protective order being number 19-1-0371 in the family court Granted by Lloyd Pullman, Judge Lloyd Pullman, on August 12th of 2019. 
In his act of terrorism, my uncle Jesse Huel on July 7, 2019, drove me down to the most rural point of Kanai Peninsula near the Waialohe taro patches. He told me we were going to open a taro patch and brought two handheld-sized propane tanks with torch tips on them. Once we were at the taro patch, he gripped the two tanks in his hands as if he were going to use them to hit somebody and stepped on my right foot with his foot to hold me in place. He proceeded to tell me that the discrepancies I had been raising for 10 years about the family business management practices are to cease and I should not and I should stop bringing up any further allegations about our family business mismanagement by use of imported slave trade, pesticide treated banana and senior citizen abuse and financial extortion. He said, I am a problem and my dad has always been the primary problem in the family because my dad killed their younger brother in a tragic car accident in the early 80s. He said, my dad is evil and needs to pay for what he did to the family. He ordered me to stop my restoration of Honomanu taro patches and told me I had to work for him opening the Waialohe taro patches going forward. My uncle also verbalized to me while holding my foot down with his that he almost killed my son days earlier at Ching's Pond where my dad crashed accidentally killing their younger brother in the 80s. I recalled that he did take my four-year-old son into his arms and jumped off the bridge at Ching's Pond which is at least 30 feet plunging with my young son into the very uh, portion of the pond where my uncle was found dead in the car accident in the 80s. William, my son's father, did witness Jesse Huell do this at Ching's Pond days prior to Jesse's threat on my life as this was communicated to me as praiseworthy news days prior by all who witnessed Jesse's acts at Ching's Pond with my son that day. It was apparent to me at that point where Jesse was holding my foot down that Jesse had did that premeditatively as to have something tangible to substantiate the severity of his threat to me in the moment he was delivering it. I opted to play victim instead of run, knowing he had the strength and positioning advantage in the rural setting, out of view, and far away from any witnesses or help. I agreed to his demands. Once I was returned to my grandmother's home in Kanai, where I was living, I packed my things and left and have not been back to the house since. I suppose my Uncle Jesse Huel felt compelled to threaten my life based on the 10 years of pre-existing reports of violence and abuse over discrepancies about family business management practices. And Jesse Huell chose to address these unmediated internal family issues with threat of violence instead of communication. Members of Jesse Huell's immediate family and his roommates at the family home have consciously chosen to protect a violent and abusive household member in the wrong. I have intentionally chosen to distance myself from those Huell family members who believe Jesse Huell committed no wrong and can commit no wrong. Those members of Jesse Huell's immediate family and roommates chose to take no corrective ho'oponopono action on the matter, which leaves me with no interest or desire to be in the vicinity of these individuals. And this is where the primary concern is in regards to my son and his safety and utmost well-being. As a member of the Huell family who has endured years of internal family resistance to healthy changes, I consciously chose to raise my son outside of toxic environments and traditions that festered generational family trauma. William and his Haole family continuing to try and force my son to maintain relationships with immediate family members and roommates of Jesse Huell very much conflicts with my intention to raise my son in an environment free of family tragedy bondages. As a means to personally spite me for the 
inavoidable degradation of our romantic relationship, William very well knowing the chapters of violence and terroristic threats that I endured by members of Huel family, opted to pull on my one and only genuine trauma, having the audacity to force engagements upon my son with members of Jesse Huel's immediate family and roommates, despite my conscious decision as a mother to raise him away from those who made threats and condoned threats upon my life and my son's life. Please note that I would have no discrepancy with William or his parenting or our co-parenting relationship if he merely agreed to respect my progressive boundary lines in relation to my intention to raise my son free of physical and psychological abusive members of the Huel family, including but not limited to those whom were mentioned in various police reports I've made over the last 10 years. One in particular I will share as a mere example speaks to the substantial credibility and nature of my concern for there being extensive pre-existing records related to the family business discrepancies and valid threats of physical violence. On August 26, 2011, Napua reported that her uncle Kelly Luahuel yelled at her and her sister saying, stay the fuck off my property, stay the fuck away from my house. You better stop talking to grandma. Watch out. I don't sleep. Napua also reported that her younger sis, her younger cousin, Kepaluahuel, sent her a Facebook message saying, I'm going to break your fucking face. Mr. Luahuel stated that he was very upset over a decision made regarding a family business which did not favor his interests. How does this all affect my family court case? I'm going to relay the experience of my custody matters and the incidents that led up to it only as an attempt to precaution others and for the intention of interpreting what severe tragedies are occurring in family court for Hawaiian parents who are being criminalized for knowingly choosing and preferring ahupua'a-based lifestyles and aina-based educational models over the untraditional and foreign standards of living and education as defined by the State of Hawaii and mediocre State of Hawaii Department of Education curriculum. Within the scope of my family case, I am currently fighting for the rightful return of my custodial rights over my son. I am fighting for my son's right to an ahupua'a-based lifestyle and culturally-oriented alternative educational models. I am fighting to end the discrimination being seen by state of Hawaii commercial courts against Hawaiian nationals who are not U.S. citizens. And I am working to end discrimination against linguistic minority parents in family court whose verified first language is Olelo Hawaii. The status of my custody case is as follows. A temporary order is in place giving William, my ex, sole legal and physical custody of my son, having Ko'olau Monday through Friday with Ko'olau being with me on weekends. I refuse to participate in the custody evaluation, which is merely a privilege evaluation facilitated by the state of Hawaii commercial court system. William is currently trying to further spite me by trying to amend the order as is to reduce my time from my, with my son from an average of eight days per month to four days per month. To do this, William's attorney has resorted to mocking my nationality, discrediting my status as a linguistic minority, and went as far as claiming I was living houseless and doing drugs in order to obtain favor for her client's malicious attempts, which has granted him full control over the custody of our son. Because of the discrimination and unlawful proceedings that occurred in the state of Hawaii Family Court Wailuku Division, I have appealed the last order on the following terms. Description of nature of action and result in the trial court or agency being the family court granted the father's petition for sole physical and legal custody of the father's and mother's minor child. The mother has filed this appeal to seek vacature of the 
order granting the father's petition for sole physical and legal custody of their minor child. Anticipated issues proposed to be raised on the appeal are the hearing on the petition was conducted in such a manner as to deprive the mother of certain constitutional rights. The family court disregarded rules or principles of law or practice to the substantial detriment of the mother. Recall that I am also dealing with a biased judge who was appointed to her position by some of my political adversaries, including Shan Tsui, Chief Operating Officer of Mahipono LLC. If Shan Tsui appointed Judge Adrian Healy to her position, is it fair to say that Shan has a few favors by Judge Healy in the queue? On my next episode, I will go into specifics of how my ex lied under oath in court about his employment status, claiming he was and is unemployed and therefore has the time to render the distance learning educational responsibilities that my son requires, but how surveillance compiled via Instagram depicts his active employment with various contractors on the island and how he lied about residing at his parents' Kula home but actually resides at the multi-dwelling property his fiance of a month lives at in Pukalani and surveillance proving he spends weeknights with his girlfriend hosting open bar gatherings at her home during a global pandemic while actively misportraying his participation in my son's day-to-day life and educational responsibilities but actually leaving these responsibilities to his elderly parents. I will be diving more into details about a non-essential issue occurring in the midst of my custody case, this being a subject matter I have dubbed baby mama drama trauma, otherwise known and referred to as BMDT, which is a very complex but important example for those suffering from the condition to be aware of. An example of BMDT is when you start dating someone like William, my ex, and less than four months in, you have a ring emoji with his name next to it on your Instagram profile. BMDT is when you post a photo to Instagram of your boyfriend's Toyota truck sitting out front of your house with the caption dreamy, but that truck is actually registered to his baby mama's name. BMDT is when you claim your boyfriend of four months has turned into your fiance. BMDT is when you list your fiancé of one month's son to be your bonus son on your Instagram profile bio. BMDT is when you make an Instagram profile for your boyfriend of four months, fiancé of one month, six-year-old son for the stated purpose of his need to incur skate sponsors and proceed to list his profile at zenkoolau underscore on your profile to collate for Instagram's one billion active users per day that is he who is your previously referenced Instagram profile bio description bonus son. BMDT is when you influence your boyfriend of four months slash fiance of one month to indulge in open bar festivities on a Thursday night when the guy is supposed to be at his parents home reading to his son and administering distance learning curriculum the next morning but fails to do so and leaves that responsibility to his elderly parents instead. BMDT is when you tragically try to use Instagram to provoke your boyfriend of four months slash fiance of one month's ex and baby mama, but it backfires because she screen records everything that pertains to the matter of her ex maliciously and spitefully removing her custody over her son as a means to retaliate for unsubstantiated reasons. For the duration of my custody case, I will be recording episodes that divulge information pertaining to my defense. It is important for the general public to be aware of this as my ex will likely continue his slanderous attempts to extort and control me and sever my relationship with my son for falsified in accusations that lack any merit. 
On my next episode, I will outline who the collateral contacts are in the custody evaluation report he curated, those who provided unsubstantiated statements on William's behalf. William did harness testimony from two individuals who have clinical records of mental instability in an attempt to paint me as an unfit mother. I will read off specifics of those testimonies in coming episodes and further discuss William's attempts to deprive me of my rights as Ko'olau's mother, my right to have him in my primary care, and my right to choose an educational platform that coincides with his cultural heritage. I believe William is attempting to further diminish my visitation rights with my son in retaliation for my documentation and subsequent exposure of his blight of domestic violence and psychological abuse in the form of various threats that violate pre-existing protective orders I have in place for myself and my son. This episode is part of a baby mama drama trauma series where I will, where I will interpret my experience in hopes to generate awareness and prevent further BMDT episodes. This condition is critical to talk about because an overview and reflection of my community restoration work since 2016, it has become clearly evident that BMDT is a sincere threat to the objective of reunifying Hawaii with the larger goal being to restore self-governance for our, indep our independent sovereign nation. In my work, the only time I was ever physically harmed was in relation to individuals suffering from BMDT. Yes, in November of 2018, I was violently attacked by a clinically diagnosed BMDT and was forced to hold this individual accountable in a court of law. Again, in August of 2020, I was violently attacked by another individual suffering from clinically diagnosed BMDT. Therefore, it, in, it is, in my opinion, this issue be brought to the forefront of attention of the Lahui and solutions be generated to prevent more repercussions from those who have been undiagnosed and are severely suffering from baby mama drama trauma. Stay tuned. Aloha.